I'm not like Stephen. I don't watch shit stuff. Like if I feel like something shit. shit, I just stop watching. What was shit about that? Everything. That was a quality it movie. Sucked. It wasn't Smoking Aces. Smoking Aces is like. But as we discovered, the common theme among movies I've shown you is uh, elevators. Elevators, yeah. I'd say that film was quite humble. Whereas you Smok- think? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, which is yeah, it's just a silly Michael J. Fox film. Smoking Aces was like, oh yeah, we're the guys, so funny, so smart, so shit. But everything running through it is a sort of worship of business. Yeah. As a, as a completely abstract concept as but well. But it's like, a total Sunday film. Uh, yeah, it's like an ITV2 yeah. trash yeah. film, yeah. Yeah, like the concepts aren't, but the film itself, I feel like every Michael J. Fox film is pretty humble and pretty I think it's, Sunday-ish. Uh, I think it's so filled with cliches, you can literally have it on in the background and leave it at any time and come back at any time. Yeah, you'll know, what, yeah. You'll know, know exactly what's going to happen. Yeah, 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 totally. I think it's a good movie. I think it's a really good movie. I don't know why. Yeah, I, I think I... My dad had it on VHS, like, but that one of those ones where you like filmed it off STV when it's network premiere, and I think oh, it wow. started at him in the mailroom. Okay. So I never saw the first ten minutes of the movie for like my entire childhood. I feel like you don't think it was a good film, but you enjoy it anyway. It's it's one of those three films that has is sort of semi relevant to what I, what we do, um, and is yeah. also inherently ridiculous. So and I. I saw this um, this star rating, which has revolutionised my enjoy, like my ability to judge films. Where you have two sets of stars, you have the gold stars, which are marks of genuine quality. Mm-hmm. Then you have like the blue stars, which are marks of this is just actually entertaining. Yeah. So a film can be like five gold stars, just completely. This is a quality film, but only one star in terms of actual genuine. Yeah, you can the cinematography, this. the writing, everything could be yeah. amazing. And then or you're it like, could I don't really hard it work. It doesn't it appeal be... to me personally, or it's yeah. just not genuinely that entertaining. Like, or it's just like really hard work because it deals with difficult subject matter. So, <clears> you course. know, it's five... not enjoyable in the sense. That, yeah. 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 So you have this this dual star rating, and suddenly films make sense because this is a film that could be like five blue stars, where it's just like genuinely enjoyable, but like one star in terms of actual <laughs> shit, ev- everything fine. that they've done I, I, it's, it's a solid four across the board I think for me It's not awful. It looks okay, it's, and it, it sounds. I mean, the soundtrack makes. I, 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 soundtracks are way more in the film for some reason for me. Like I just, yeah, they get into my head a lot more, and like that's why I love *By the Future* so much. Is the score for that's fucking great, and um, he's obviously in it as well, Michael J. Fox. But yeah. this is a similar film where it just has like an absolute fucking banging soundtrack. It is, but it's so eighties that it's like, and obviously we'll get into it, but it does rip off other really really famous 80s movies of the period yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I think you get into soundtracks because you're into musicals because I get into soundtracks as well yeah but that soundtrack is cool but but it's, it's more the fact that like the way what, okay so someone had to sit down and go he's gonna have a fantasy about Princess Diana right and he's gonna imagine her walking to him in like an evening gown while she drinks that water fountain and doesn't actually drink, just wets just her lips wets her, softly. Wets her mouth with it. On a, on a drink. And what, what, what music can we do? Or what can we can we uh, can we write to sort of 
um, you know, capture the feeling that he's having at this moment, this love at first sight moment. Mm-hmm. And what they come down to is like this like really soppy like saxophone like And I fucking love it, man. I wish we'd like I wish that'd be my first dance at my wedding. <laughs> This is such a trash song. I'll definitely cut some of it in. But it's it, so it, like the music is just generally inappropriate at all times. Uh, oh yeah. Well, most of this movie is inappropriate. I yeah. think like eighties comedies, eighties sex comedies, like sex comedies in general. There always is some weird like gender, sex, politics stuff going on. But in this in particular. No, I think Stephen meant like it never goes with the tone. Yeah, of, like, like, like you never like you'll be sitting staring at the window, and the music will not fit staring at the window. No, but it means. There's a bit where his life's coming together and like he's like he's like the boss guy and they they're playing like a ballad or something. No, yeah. walking on sunshine. No, not the walking on sunshine bit. It's ballad the window bit. bit. Mm-hmm. No, that's that's not when it's coming together. That's when he's having the idea, and it's like. Um, but why would that be a ballad? Because it's like I've got to do what I've got to do. It's like it's like it's that it's a moment, and he's he's looking at over New York from this executive office, and it's like this is the way it was supposed to I'm be. I'm not even sure it was New York. I think it was a cardboard cutout. Well, yes, yeah, it's, it's a no. I actually do think they did film legitimately in like some office building. You haven't introduced the episode. Right. Let's just okay. Let's just start because <laughs> we're going to just get into the movie. Well, we were talking about you were talking about like the music and stuff. And the music's good, but like the problem with the film, largely apart from the terrible storyline, is the dialogue. Of course. Yeah. Of course it is. Yeah. The but did you expect is... much better than what was? I mean. If I told you Michael J. Fox sex comedy about yuppies, would you be like, oh, the dialogue's going to be fucking Well, I didn't primo. think it was a sex comedy until like, it got it's to the point really where It's not really a sex comedy. It just has a lot of sex in it and it tries to be a comedy, but yeah. at no point did any of us laugh. What was that sex comedy called that was like a road trip and it was like, it had the rule, like, if you're not in the same postcode, it doesn't count as cheating? Uh, sex drive. Sex drive. Is that not from the 2000s? Yeah, the just, it just came into my head. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a worship of I don't know, man. I don't know what it's meant to be. I think they, they, it's it's more the fact that like they, they think the comedy surrounding the situation. There's not a lot of criticism of the yeah. system. It's just like, isn't the system fucking great? I kind of feel but like isn't it funny. So I like obviously look like what I do when I watch films is like page through the trivia on IMDb, and we'll, it get, says, we'll need we'll need to do a little trivia corner yeah. <laughs> where you can read it for to us because I've never actually read it. Well, I just I just had a quick look, and it said um, that it, apparently it's a Steven Spielberg film. And it was inspired by Steven Spielberg's experiences. Did he produce it? Uh, I'm not sure if he... It's, it may just be that somebody... It, it sounds, it, from the way it was, it's like he just told them it in a bar. It half could cut. Be, and they it sort could of like, be that. Based, like, it's Steven Spielberg. Based on the so. experiences of Steven Spielberg. Kind of, I guess, maybe. Yeah, so it wasn't... Yeah, it must have been because uh, director is not Steven Spielberg. And the writers are a bunch of people that I've never heard of. How many writers are there? Uh, I'm trying to get it to load, but at least two. That's not too bad. Modern Standards is like six or seven. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. But that's probably why modern films are better. (laughs) They've had like lots of refinement. Uh, Do you know, I make arguments all the time for Sunday films. They're like... um, Do they have a place? I think they have. I also think that we don't appreciate them the way that we should. Like, I think that like... I was actually talking about this the other day after seeing Avengers, and I was saying, like, Batman, like, Christopher Nolan's Batman was, like, good, mm. but it also took itself too seriously and it stopped being camp, which is the fucking joy of Batman. It's the joy of any superhero. Yeah, but so. now it feels like everything has to be serious and also everything has to be Nolan, so we've stopped watching, like, nice film. Like, um, the guy who was in Iron Man, he did a, a spin-off, John, John Favreau. Oh, yeah, yeah. He did that chef film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was great. It's a Sunday film, really, but it was great. And we don't we don't watch. That would be different Sunday film, just something that's like kind of light and easy to watch, and just sort yeah. of like the plot is pretty straightforward, or it's so cliched that it doesn't even matter really. Um, 
I think just light-hearted, like a family film, inoffensive, but still nice. You call that nice? <laughs> I, I think it's Michael J. Fox. I think I just found him he, 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 I think without him, the movie would be... I mean, I can't think of anybody else that could have filled his shoes in that. No. And we kept kind of noticing the Michael J. Fox little things. I want to say text was probably not the right thing, because now that he's a... Parkinson sufferer, but yeah, the um, the specific his quirks, his quirks. Thank you. Yeah. The things that he does as an actor <laughs> that you, you see in almost every film, and it's like kind of silently ruining something. Like yeah, something happens, and he's like, oh, you know, but you can see it. You don't actually hear him exclaim it. He just sort of does this thing, and then running backwards. Well, no, he's very good at like yeah, chase scenes. We chase scenes is a big one, and then the one was like not just the chasing, but like he'll come out of a door and he'll be like, sorry, sorry, oh my god, sorry, oh my god. Yeah. He's very good at like sort of like pushing people out of the way. And Physical like, comedy sort of stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, well, in a very specific way. Yeah, so it's not like, it's not, um, oh, what's, it's not slapstick, but it's, it's not physical goofy. comedy. Yes, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's sort of just, yeah, I just because he's, I think maybe just because he's so likeable. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think, yeah, I think films that you don't have to think about too much are what I define as Sunday films. Yeah, that's a good point. But I'd also call Gladiator a Sunday film. You don't have to think too much about it, but it is... That's like a proper production. Like, that's like a fucking full-on... But it's also something you lie on the couch and watch on a Sunday. I suppose it would be. Yeah. But then that's... Then period movies... I mean, effectively, we just watched what is essentially a period movie. That is an (laughs) 80s movie. Like, the the blood of that movie is is fucking 80s. This is the Quit Your Job podcast. I'm Stephen, the host, and I'm joined, as always, by Stephen with a PH. Hello. And Sarah. Hello. And I just forced Stephen and Sarah to watch a film called The Secret of My Success, or just Secret of My Success. Um, I don't know why. <laughs> I think I had, I had three I had three minds to watch. We watched Mad Men, um, which was just sort of on the basis that we'd done a lot of agency chat. We thought it'd be quite funny to kind of go back on that because Sarah had never seen it. And Secret of My Success, uh, for me, is a sort of like childhood guilty pleasure kind of movie. Um, and I, 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 as a child, you don't understand anything that's happening. Um other than some people want to have sex with each other. I love that you're making out that as adults we knew what was going on. We, well, you do, but what I love about it is they don't need to actually... Right, let's just get into it. In terms of gold stars slash blue stars, what would you give it? Uh, I would probably give it two gold stars, three blue stars. It's sort of entertaining, but like a lot of what makes a good film just wasn't there, you know? <laughs> yeah, I agree with Stephen. You're the same, exact same. Yeah, like, I didn't hate watching it. It was it was quite fun to watch, but it is fundamentally pretty crap. Yeah, I think that, that sums up. Yeah. Yeah, and I think because I saw it as a child, I'm kind of like, oh, it's amazing. But I also think that it's sort of, one of the pleasures of this sort of film is sort of making fun of it as well. It's kind of like... Big time, yeah. But sitting and just... A lot of like, because I mean, if you think of this being like maybe one of the first films that I watched that wasn't aimed directly at children. Mm. I must have been about eight or nine which is really, which is not good. When you think about the amount of like sex and the jaws scene. Jaws, oh, <laughs> we we'll yeah. get to the jaws scene. Uh, well, yeah, that's just like, like quote unquote parodying jaws, but not really. Um, it, it introduced me to a lot of things that appear in several different movies. Yeah. Like, the, I mean, the cliche element of it. A lot, all of it's incredibly cliched. There's, there's still moments where you don't know where it's going though, and it does try and surprise you a little bit. Yeah. yeah. But the fundamental reason why I watched it is it's about business. I actually don't think the twists were that predictable. No, they weren't. Um, I spoiled them, obviously. But I mean, <laughs> I mean, I thought a lot of it was quite contrived. But as a comedy of errors a comedy, and, and yeah. that kind of thing, it always has to be contrived. Yeah. It's not yeah. like that's but, just absolutely fine. Like I like. said, it's about business, business, yeah, business, business. Even love and sex are about business. I it's all about deals. Very inspiring. Yeah, I was, I, I was inspired definitely. Yeah. I also think that like this is clearly a film by somebody who's never ever had a job or consensual sex yeah yeah <laughs> it's like have you ever read like 
Game of Thrones, like the books. Sorry, A Song of Ice and Fire, I should call them. I, no. I have. I got as far as the third or fourth page of the first chapter where can tell George R. From... R. Martin went into a long uh, screed about describing Catelyn Stark's nipples and what they do. Yeah. So, like, you can always you can always tell that, like, George R. R. Martin's... A horny like, old man. He's very horny, but also probably very bad at sex because every man is basically two pumps and a squirt, and that's it. <laughs> like, every sex scene is just that. And I kind of feel like Maybe there's something similar... Maybe he's just honest about, uh, about how we fucking... About, you know... I think, he's, honest. I think he's very honest about how he does it. He's maybe also thinking about, like, in the medieval, medieval times, like... I don't know. I maybe, don't know. maybe that's what you did because you're wearing a big suit of armor. You could like pump twice. Yeah, and also and like, I guess you wouldn't care about female people were, either. People <laughs> were much hornier about clothes you'd back be a then. Even if you came as a woman, you'd be like burned at the stake. <laughs> <laughs> right. So the movie starts with um, uh, Michael J. Fox leaving Kansas. We're that drinking. was me. Sorry, we're drinking. Michael J. Fox leaving Kansas, uh, and he has like no, he has no Southern American accent whatsoever. Yeah. And so obviously, I don't think it was written with that in mind, but they could have changed the location to literally anywhere else. It could have been like he's in like, a farm in Minnesota, or he's he live outside of New York. He could be in Utah. Yeah, exactly. Like it doesn't have to be fucking Kansas, but they picked somewhere like this so Southern that you'd expect him to be like, "Gee, shots." And his parents are like that. Yeah. His dad's. Um, I suppose he's, he's kind of set up his that he's from that, New York, kind of. His dad with that perfect ass. His dad has an incredibly good ass. <laughs> it's a bit where he's like talking about he's going to buy him a bus ticket. And he's sitting, and he just has like the most pronounced and amazing looking ass. Um, I guess that's what farming does for you, though. That's, yeah. I, that's presumably it. Yeah, there's a lot of sports. But there's a good part in that where he's kind of walking along with his mom, and he's like, uh, you know, I, I want to be successful, mom. I want to, I want to be big in business. I want to have a beautiful experience with a beautiful lady. Mom, there's a whole world out there. I mean, big, exciting. I got a nice small apartment lined up. I got a, got a great job. I want to make lots of money. I want to have a, a meaningful experience with an incredibly beautiful woman. In fact, I can't even take a woman like that to a small apartment. I got to get a, a penthouse. Okay. A penthouse. With a jacuzzi in it. Doing this for you is much for me, Mom. Suddenly it's like, I want to fuck Mom. I want to, <laughs> mom, I want to fuck. There's no one to fuck in Kansas. I want to fuck someone in Your New York. Your baby's horny. Your baby's horny. <laughs> I'm a big boy now, Mom. I want to fuck. I um, kind of love as well that, like, he didn't really say like I want to do well in like finance or law. It's like there's literally business. no set. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't focus on a sector or think about like I want to be part of this or I want to be. He doesn't have a passion for anything. He just believes in business. I just want to go. He and just do has deals. business in his fucking veins. <laughs> uh, but this is this whole exchange to him and his mom and his dad takes place during like a pretty. I mean, this is the first of maybe like fifteen montages, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's um, cutting between like him arriving in New York on the Greyhound bus. And him looking at these big apartment buildings and all these like, and there's like what we thought is a lot of stock footage of people turning their heads, um, and it'll just be like a Native American guy and a black guy and an Asian woman, and it'll just be like, oh okay, like I get it, diversity, and it's meant to like you know contrast with his like farm upbringing in Kansas or whatever. Um, and there's also from what I discovered recently, because uh, my my wife showed me Cindy Crawford, uh, was in the intro a bunch of models, so they obviously thought we need to get some business women. Instead of getting some actual business women, we'll just dress up a bunch of models in business attire and have them walk around and then have this weird shot to connect it all up as if they're all looking at Michael J. Fox when they're not. Yeah. So he just kind of awkwardly stares beyond the camera, like as if he's getting checked out by Cindy Crawford, which he isn't. Talking about business in film always makes me think of a Muppet scene, which is probably the most sad thing to say. In the Muppets in the Muppets get in the Muppets Christmas Carol. It's a good one. Uh, Scrooge um, as a child mm-hmm. like he's what he, he stays behind in school and Sam who is the is it Eagle is yeah. talking to him and he's like you, know, you will love business guy. yeah yes that's right yes. <laughs> it, it's 
this is the American way. And then someone like whispers in his ear and he's like, oh, it's the British way. <laughs> <laughs> one, of the, one of the funniest things um, to me, like, it's sort of relevant to Christmas Carol. Not Muppets, but I guess the Muppets. Do you remember there's an episode of um, Simpsons where Bart tries to become Burns' heir? Yeah. And he, he, like, he starts smashing his windows. Yeah. And that's like when he realises he's got the same sort of spirit as Burns or whatever. And he like he opens the door and he's obviously meant to be pointing to Bart. He's like, "You there, boy? What day is it?" And there's just like a little street urchin kid who goes, "Today, so why it's Christmas day?" And it always makes me laugh. It's the stupidest joke. Not you. <laughs> like, it's fucking brilliant. <laughs> right. That was such a. So uh, the whole uh, the whole conceit is that Michael J. Fox has somehow got a job without having ever gone to New York. So he's on uh, presumably a phone interview. I mean, I don't know how that happened, but I guess people just gave out jobs in the 80s and you could just apply. Or he might have had some kind, there might be some kind of recruitment thing going on. Some bullshit, who knows. He shows up in a company that has been taken over, hostile takeover, and everyone is being fired. 90% of people are being fired. So he's out in his ass with everyone else in the office. Mm. And this is his harsh lesson Which in I business. Which I didn't realise until until we watched this. That whole plotline was stolen by a TV show called Don't Trust a Bitch in Apartment 23. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, they've actually stolen from this, okay. I mean, it's not that, it's, I mean, it makes sense for him to fault the first hurdle. Yeah. If, you, if you have to create this adversity where he's like, I'm this guy, I want to be successful. And he's just, you know, yeah. you've got to kind of like have him have, he's not adversity. If he just starts in the job and just works his Plus way it's, up, it's, it's sort of, like a fucking 40 year long movie. It's, where he's it's just, sort of surprising as well, right? Where it's like, oh, the, the thing that we've been told that is the setup of the movie is not. <gasps> he doesn't have a job in New York. What's he going to do? And then he, he phones his mom or whatever and there's a whole yeah. shootout scene. Which I get is like, like I said, yeah. it's, it's the only introduction to New York you really get. Yeah, yeah, like they don't spend much time in New York. In fact, they don't really spend any time outside of Manhattan, from no. what I can tell. No, there's a lot of um, twin tower shots. Yeah, which is you know very intense. We all them. cried. Yeah, the fact they didn't actually like posthumously go back and, and remove <laughs> them is extremely um, bad taste. I yeah. agree. This movie is cancelled. <laughs> this movie from like 1982. Um, yeah, the the whole. Um, Introduction to what New York is really like, that's really all you get, is he goes in a shitty apartment, he talks to the mice mm-hmm. and tells them, or rats, and tells them to stay at the end of the apartment and they hit them with an iron. It's like, ah. Oh, wait, yeah, they didn't come back to that. Uh, well, they never really show him clean the place up, but then it kind of cuts to them later on and he's in a nice clean apartment with a nice bed and shit. Maybe the rats were a metaphor for the rat race and when he cleaned up, that's when you knew he was on his feet. Oh, yeah, I think See? you're right. That's, that's far too good for this <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that the shitty apartment and this like shootout, which he which he witnesses on the phone to his mother, is sort of the introduction to like New York's for the crime, and isn't it horrible? And then that's never really doesn't come up ever again. No, he's just in a nice fancy office building for the rest of the whole movie, and then he yeah. Then the oh, end. No, no, it's so weird because he's like, I'm gonna go to New York, and it's just like, well, you don't really see any. They of have New to York. show him like at the bottom, which why I guess is on the phone to his mom. But what I mean, it's like yeah. he he does go out occasionally, but it's always to sort of like you know classy businessy restaurants and shit, and that's it. It's like that's not what New York's. I feel like they could like? have done like the same. They could have done more businessy outside sort of fancy shots if they hadn't said New York. Like if he'd just been like, "I'm gonna go to the and, big city." And discriminate say, yeah, yeah, that would have been yeah. much better. Um, but I mean, I guess this that was like the center. You know, it's like yuppie bullshit yeah. from the, those days. And that I think is what we're kind of like the why I wanted to show you guys it is that it is it like you comedies tend to. Depends on the type of comedy, obviously, right? And obviously, this is just trying to be like a kind of boner sex comedy, but set in an office, which uh, like an eighties version of that. So pre, you know, uh, pre scary movie and all that sort of shit. So it's not yeah. like really on the fucking nose, but it is just a stupid comedy thing set in an office. Um, so the comedy comes from the relationships between people. It doesn't, and the, like this kind of comedy of errors element of it, which we'll get to in a minute. Um, but it doesn't come from like 
any sort of satire or critique of the system in which mm-hmm. they are in. It just sort of like, isn't business fucking grand? Isn't yeah. business great? And there never really seems to be any sort of like, I think there's only one little bit of it, I think, where the sort of people below, the, the CEO is basically like a petulant child, obviously, but that's that's just to be expected. And then yeah. the people below him are sort of like constantly currying for his favour and are terrified of him. Yeah. And that's and literally the only... Yeah, that's the only... like you know, brushing up against like a criticism of the whole... You know. I mean, it's just set dressing though, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, totally. The whole point is that they could, they could yank all that out and replace it with like chainmail and armour and do the exact same thing in a like in a castle. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. The, you whole, like, the setting's com- almost completely irrelevant to it. The business setting's just... It's just there because they were... I guess maybe they had like a, a deal on, a, on an office set or something. <laughs> well, they must have had that. I'm, I'm pretty sure they did film on location. Uh, it, it looks okay. I mean, it's not awful. Like I say, it does end up being a lot of office buildings and quite dull, but... Yeah, but that was the idea in the film. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Do so... you have a hot take on the film? Go for it. So you know at the beginning when, like, he keeps being told to not talk to the suit and he's, like, trying to speak to them? Yes. And, like, it's like, no, This is when he, gets, he finally gets a job. It's a bit before that, but we'll get... Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. When he finally gets a job? Well, when he finally gets a job, he's working in the mailroom and the guy in the mailroom says, you don't talk to the people in the suits. Yeah. You, you know, they're the suits. They calls them the suits as if to dehumanize them. Yeah, they are the suits. We are like not suits. It's very much a stay in your lane kind of thing. Yes, I think the film's about loneliness. I think he just really wanted pals, and he worked <laughs> his way up so that. But he, he had the pals. best pal of all because they're one of my favorite characters. Not well, actually, my only favorite character in the whole movie. Apart from, I can't remember his name, but I want to say like Coogler or I'm something. Just, it's just Paulie Shore, basically. Yeah. I don't know what his fucking name is, but he's basically the most like he's not one. Of the, there's a bunch of New York kind of characters in this. Yeah. And he happens to be one of the most prominent. And he wears like a kind of, uh, you know, a uh, port pie hat, grey port pie hat, Hawaiian shirts and uh, wife beaters. Uh, and he, he don't talk to the suits. Uh, stay in your lane. Uh, do, <laughs> do what you gotta do. Don't be talking to nobody and all this shit. He's hilarious. And he's obviously like, you know, uh, uh, Brantley. The only reason I remember he's called Brantley. This, sorry, that's Michael J. Fox's character. I literally just refer to him as Michael J. Fox when I watch this. But I've now memorized his name because of how often they mention it. Um, yeah. I think this may be the first, like, because you keep saying this is a Sunday movie. This may be the first time I've actually sat and properly watched this without being like out of my face drunk or like ten years old. So, do <laughs> um, <laughs> I actually know his character's name? Yeah, no. Sorry, I was going to mention the fact that before that, there's a sort of montage of him going for interviews, and he starts kind of with no experience, and there's a big fucking mm. thing of like, well, how do I get experience without experience and all this kind of shit? And then he fabricates his CV, and he has too much experience, and they do like a little jab at like affirmative action. Is there any way I could get a job here? And he's like, are you a woman? Yeah. <laughs> or something like yeah. that. And you're like, oh, A disadvantaged nice. woman. Disadvantaged yeah. woman. You're like, brilliant. Yeah. Nice. So like, yeah. But yeah, yeah. He basically, he, he uses nepotism to get a job. So Which his, is the secret to success. That's the first, the part one of the secret to his success. So he goes... No, but that literally is the secret to success. There's more, there's a t- different type of nepotism. <laughs> there's a secret to success. No, in of. real life. Oh, no, of course. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you meant oh, in the movie. The movie has very specific Oh, no, 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 no. The movie the movie's movie's is definitely deeper I'd say than maybe, that. it's maybe like 5 or 10% nepotism is the secret to success in the movie. But the rest mm-hmm. is all something else, which we'll get to. <laughs> um, yeah, his, his uncle owns a company or some CEO or whatever. And he's, he's some like very tenuous, distant relative. And he, he, he barges away into the office, asks to see him, doesn't get an appointment. And he like scans his own face and signs it. Yeah. And he's like, give him my card. And it's like, oh, very funny. And then he has like, you hear the guy have a fucking meltdown uh, about the stock. You know, just, it literally is one of the most like business yeah. lines in the film where it's just like, oh, the uh, the quarterly reports and the CTAs aren't, you know, blah, 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 whatever. 
it's all it, it's all like they've just looked up a bunch of business buzzwords yeah. and put them together in order. Yeah. Just through like through a dart at like a series of words and going, right, that one, we'll throw that That sounds scene. important. <laughs> that sounds important. It's like it's like the techno babble in, in Star Trek or something, you know? Yeah. Like, like reverse the shield harmonics, blah blah blah. It just doesn't mean anything. It's just there <laughs> there's a really, to say dramatic things. There's a really good video, I can't remember what it specifics are, but it's a guy and it says like vice. Um oh fuck. Oh good. It's a guy, it says Vice on the wall when he's like typing out a computer and then he goes like that and it has a board up and he throws a dart and it hits like lesbians and he throws another dart, prostitutes, and it has the <laughs> Venezuela and it's like this cuts the Vice article, lesbian prostitutes in Venezuela and they're pro- you know, yeah. it's just like how he constructs articles. Like, yeah, I guess they, that's how they pretty much construct all the business sentences in this. Yeah. It's all about the Midwest and logistics and we need to get rid of that trucking department and we need to make cuts because there's a hostile takeover of the yeah. The, yeah, you know, so on and so on. Actually, it's actually a completely like inaccessible film in that sense. But I think that's the point is that they don't want you to focus on that stuff, and that's yeah. where I mean, like, you could have an opportunity to be like this piece of shit guy. <laughs> I mean, like, I guess Michael J. Fox is set up as a hero, so he's like, they, they go into how inefficient the place is and how it's all not working correctly, and how he could he could speed it all up. So it's like almost as if he's just this like business wunderkind or some shit. Mm-hmm. Um. They don't go into anything about how, like, as a, and generally speaking, like most companies are like that, and that's not good. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like, yeah, there's so much there that they could have. If only with. every company had a Michael J. Fox to come in and just like clean like, the place up. One of the and, things that they mention, uh, or, or Michael J. Fox finds while he's working in the mailroom in his first job, uh, he he looks at some memos and realizes that there's just like ridiculous inefficiencies. Two people are doing the same job and they're both doing it badly. Something like and that. It's like. Yeah, that's literally something that actually happens. Yeah, but they're, but, they're, but they're just like, but he's like, if, if only I had any uh, sort of influence or power as a twenty-four-year-old like person with zero experience. Yeah, I would be able to sort this out. It's like anyone would be able to think that they could sort that out. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah. the, anyone, the irony of that is a twenty-four-year-old in a business probably would think that way. Yeah. Like, I mean, and, and to be honest, I probably did when I was younger. I was like, oh, I could do this much better than people, but you know, and it's it's not how it works really, or like it, maybe it is, but it's it's more the fact that like if he if he hadn't done the things he does, which we'll get to. To get to his success, mm-hmm. you know, you would be in a job for forty years, working your way up incredibly slowly in that company, yeah. and then by the time you got to that point, you'd be doing the same stupid bullshit your and, fucking bosses did. And it's just things like people sort of cling to their shitty, meaningless jobs because it's a it's an income, and yeah. even if you are doing a job and you can't do it very well because of I don't know political reasons in the office or or whatever, you don't just like tell people, oh, by the way, my job is meaningless. Please fire me. Please, <laughs> please let me go. No, people like create the meaning for their jobs before yeah. before anything else they have to because otherwise if you can't prove that your job's worth doing or at least fake it then they just get rid of your job well there are some <laughs> cuts there's a period where uh, that's after that uh, thing where he's like the suits the suits yeah where he's trying to find some friends and um, it cuts down kind of going in someone's office and he's like very slowly packing ornaments into a box and crying oh yeah and it's like if you were at that level in a company like that where you don't even know what your job is you'd be like thank fuck i'm getting out of here yeah and like how many this is what I was about to say, like in my old job, like I was completely pointless. Mm. Like they they told me what hours I needed to put against each client a month and it added up to 40 hours, meaning I had 120 hours a month to fill. So like once I was made redundant, I was like, thank fuck. I've been spending like three quarters of a month pretending to work. Yeah. <laughs> and that's pretty much what executives do, I think. Yeah. So the, just the irony of like everyone just loves their job so much. They're trying so hard to make it. And it's like, realistically, that's like maybe like, 20% of people in One thing that he did get right that was accurate was the fact that his manager was just 
a, a spying telltale. Because, a psycho, yeah. Because, yeah. because that's what managers are literally like, for. I am God, you will report to me. Yeah. Ma- but the thing is, managers exist as this sort of like interface between the, the seniors who can't be everywhere and make sure you're doing your job correctly. The managers are to pull, pull out as much value out of you as possible yeah. to, and they have to justify to, their salary. Basically. But also to, um, to make sure that you're doing everything that you're supposed to be doing. Uh, they're there effectively as a kind of like spy for the for the people yeah. above, yeah. Because they can't be everywhere spying on you themselves. Did you notice that during Brantley's interview or interview, he, he's very good at doing speeches. He does a sort of speech for the uncle, and that's what gets him the job in the mailroom. Mm-hmm. Um, he he they asked you know do you even know what we do around here? And he said you do everything from your conglomerate does everything from dog food to uh, uh, guided missile systems. Yes, which is very dark. And again, there's no sort of like oh isn't that awful that these yeah. massive conglomerates run like. <laughs> Death machines and build these horrible. Oh things. my god, the company's Amazon. <laughs> Basically, we actually do a lot of work in Saudi Arabia. Uh, it's 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 highly it's highly lucrative. We can't really talk about it. So, uh, before he even gets the job, actually, before he even starts in his first day, he's sitting around in the reception. Do you remember this? Mm-hmm. And he yeah. he takes a little drink of water. Oh yeah. And then he stands up. And then Princess Diana appears. She doesn't appear. Oh, yeah. She she sort of flows through. She floats into the room and just she's just there. And she takes a little drink or she wets her lips. Yeah, she just she, she bends down. Yeah, she doesn't really sip. Her, she just sort of mouth above it. Yeah. and then just wets it. Yeah. It's like horrible. Like prior to like the two thousands idea of like what women are. And what I don't think they it's do. even that. I think it's just clumsy directing because in films and stuff, generally people don't eat or drink. Yeah, because if you do that then you can't speak, so or, or you'll miss your line because yeah. you're too busy chewing or swallowing. But it's, they, they, so, they, they, they thought at that point, how do we... So she's drinking, like you say, that's not something that happens often in movies, but how do we show that he has fallen in love with her at first sight? Yeah, she's looking say anything like angelic while she's at a fucking water yeah, fountain. Yeah, There's like light coming out through the window and it's like that the kind of like... Vaseline all over the lens. It's actually like... Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she is. She does look considerably older than Michael J. Fox. But there is like a... Um, it's like kind of like really early morning light, like very yeah. bright, and it's hitting her face, and it looks really nice. And then he has this fantasy, and he sees her in the same reception area, uh, and it's empty. There's no one there, even though it's like this pure bustling, busy office building. And she's walking along in this like pink evening gown in slow motion, and it plays like the. But most, everyone's and I will play the Don't music forget. under while we're talking. I'm going to play it under the music, but it is one of the most unbelievable. You'll be, oh, it's awful. <laughs> it is lovely. It's great. I love it so much. But everyone's vanished. All the other people have vanished. Yeah, it's just in, in his head, she's in a ball gown walking towards him. It's in the office. In the office. The things that give him the biggest boner are businesses yeah. and the sexy lady. And he has to like crouch his way out of the building. I don't know why. He's already very small. <laughs> and that's the other thing. Another bit of trivia I read. Apparently for all their kissing scenes, they had to do a lot of work adjusting their heights to make uh, sure that they could actually... Maybe that's why at the end he does like a little tiptoe joke. Yeah, he yeah. does it. Yeah, there's a little bit where they're like, you need to meet the parents, and then he does like a wee tiptoe. Yeah, but that's one other thing as well. The way they run the whole movie off is he says... Well, I'm not going to end, end it, but he says, um, uh, I need to... If I come back, I'm taking the private jet. And then at the very end, he's like, we're going to the private jet? And you're like, oh, right, okay. So that's the only way they connect the two things together. Yeah. I guess he left Kansas to become a success, but yeah. Yeah. When I was watching it, you know they talk a lot about ties at the beginning. Yeah, like it, it looks like you killed your couch or something, the guy says. Yeah, yeah I have yeah. another very not interesting take, which is I haven't worked with somebody that has worn a tie since I worked in McDonald's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, in that kind of place, you probably would, 
I guess. Oh yeah, no, it was Certainly just that like that period, obviously. Yeah, that because it just was a thing to like wear a tie, and it was very much a status thing, and it might still be a status thing. Well, that's that's the good, that goes back to the suits thing, doesn't it? Yeah. it's also America as well. I think America uh, yeah. business culture. Joe works for like a, an American company, and un- until recently, they had pretty strict rules on what you had to wear, uh-huh. and now they're all like, "Oh no, be more casual." So he'll go in with just a shirt. And that kind of thing. Well, casual. So. See, I wouldn't be surprised if like digital slash tech slash fucking creative whatever was one of the first industries to, to ditch the tie because it is a way of being like, oh, so cool. We're so cool. Exactly, yeah. we're exactly. cool. But also, we're all like, all our bosses are virginy nerd types who like you know <laughs> didn't really have that kind of clothes anyway, so we couldn't really expect them to turn up in it. So. Yeah. I kind of feel like it all feeds into like that whole. There's a kind of a continuum there of the people who are in charge are not suits people and they never wear. Yeah. So, so I think that managed to be sort of spun into actually, I know it's cool not to wear a suit now. It's cool. Yeah, mate. I mean, a lot. It's, it's entrepreneur stuff. Yeah. It's basically just like, I can wear. Like the, the, the joke of the Simpsons with the Scorpio character where he's like, I was the first millionaire in America mm. to wear jeans with a sports jacket and now they all do it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's basically what it is. Um, yeah. No, actually, one person did, but he would. It's like one of those like BNI people. BMI. Mm. BMI. BMI. BMI is a weight, isn't it? More BNI, the yeah. business net. Yeah, so they do. Hell. But yeah, it was it was just interesting for me to think of it from that perspective because I was thinking ties are such a thing, mm. and yeah, it's not. It, it doesn't really seem to be at all anymore. How's that contrasted with the woman though? She's got the shoulder pads. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I was quite sad to hear about why shoulder pads existed, to be honest. Well, I, I, that's ridiculous. an assumption. I don't think, I mean, I, I assume it's still like more It masculine. makes sense, yeah. 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 I mean, there's no other reason for it, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah why would you want bigger li- shoulders? Literally yeah, to give you a more imposing figure, basically. Yeah. 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 Like, of all the things that me and my, like, woman friend compliment each other on, it's... I love your shoulders. Yeah, so, yeah. Oh, your shoulders, your shoulders look, look so masculine. So that's what, that's the that's the main little bit of love interest character is this like Princess Diana looking bitch called Christy Wills, right? And she wears shoulder pads and blouses and also ball gowns and Michael J. J. Fox's sex fantasies, right? But um, there is uh, a, another female character. Oh yeah. Uh, so in the midst oh, of, of Brantley stealing all these uh, files from the mailroom and reading about how bad the company's doing and how many people have worthless jobs and how useless the whole thing is, he um, gets a he gets a. Well, his boss gets a phone call. He says we need someone to drive one of the executive's wives uh, back to our house in Litchfield, which um, is a posh place, presumably. Um, who knows? And uh, he is he's given a big limo, which I guess they just have in the office building. They just have Obviously. a garage Don't full you? of fucking limos. So uh, he goes to pick up the wife, um, and she's just in the she's just been a bitch and saying horrible stuff to him, and just being like, "Yeah, I don't give a fuck about you." And he's sort of talking along all the way to her. And she keeps making airs about how she she works really hard to keep a good figure and look really good for her husband who's fucking someone in the office, obviously, because everyone's fucking everybody. Yeah. Um, and then he he does another one of his little speeches. He just has this way with people. <laughs> um, and I guess, it, again, it does work because Michael J. Fox is a really likable guy um, where he just sort of is like, oh, you know, if, uh, you know you, you're, you're beautiful. If I, if I was, you know, your age and I woke up to women like you, I'd be... And this is something actually we need to get onto because, as I said, we were watching it... Um, She's a very eighties kind of beautiful. Yeah. Um. She's she's the someone you would only cast in eighties in like we need a hot milf role, you know. Yeah. Um. And I, I kind of compared her to uh, Maid Mine and the Prince. Of, no, is it Prince of Prince of Thieves? The Kevin Costner Robin Hood movie. Yeah. Because she's that same similar way. I can't, who's the woman who plays her again? 
I can't remember. I can't remember. She's famous nineties uh, babe chick girl woman, but she. Um, <laughs> I don't know words for people, <laughs> but she uh, she has a very specific look, which you would not imagine today would be the predominant. Yeah, like not like the sort of. But she's similar. They have kind of curly hair and yeah. uh, a lot of hair bands and sort of like you know very exposed face. Yeah. Um, I think when you first see her, she's wearing this like visor thing. Yeah. You, you could, you could figure out what the fuck it was. It's like it's a hat, but it's like the the top. Of the, it's only the brim of the hat. Yeah, it's all a the huge the hat it's, without a top. It's fucking massive. Yeah. Her ginger hair, or ginger brown hair, sort of poking through. No, she's ginger, isn't she? Gingery brown, yeah, some sort yeah. of yeah. auburn, 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 auburn? Like yeah, yeah. So she, I mean, she's she's presented as this gorgeous, you know, uh, older woman, but I guess no younger than like 41, 42. Like she's not old. No, but he does say to her, like, he is basically like, you're hot for an old person. Yeah, you're hot yeah. for an old bitch. And, it's, it's, <laughs> and that turns her on, though. She's and she's like, like really? Oh. Yeah, and she, she just gets like, so there become, there's this extended car sex metaphor. And this is the very first use of the Oh Yeah song from Ferris Bueller. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That one. Yep. Bong, bong. The Iron Brew one. <laughs> ah, right. Yeah, so... um. That's that's used as, as so she sort of take you know she's taking perfume out she's rubbing it on herself and rubbing it everywhere oh, she's rubbing it's it all, every, yeah, every which way well, we pointed out towards the end of the scene she then takes like a like a whole like five draws on a cigarette in like, a enclosed space and just completely like cancels the perfume <laughs> out. and uh, she's doing that she's sort of taking her shoes off and rubbing her tights together which is another fire hazard and then she's like <laughs> fucking oh man uh, yeah just and th- th- there's even a, it cuts to the back of like the of the car and like the antenna shoots up and oh, all this yeah. so like oh, yeah. he's getting horny I guess but he's also like resisting it he's like oh, he's like I can't fuck this woman yeah he's like this is this is an important lady from- <laughs> I can't fucking say it's his wife and he tries to like put the, the kind of shield up and then she pulls it back down she yep. locks the car he unlocks it she locks the car he unlocks what's it. that gonna do they're, they're driving they're driving yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's gonna barrel roll out of it <laughs> Uh, oh god, it's awful. And um, so this this goes on for like far longer than it needs to. I mean, I, th- I think it was like it felt like half an hour long. It probably was about four minutes. Yeah. But it, it felt way too long. And then he finally parks up in a big fancy house. It's this big, beautiful, you know, mansion. Um, and she insists he has a drink with her, which he does. Mm-hmm. And then he sort of pretends to drink it. And then eventually uh, she rapes him. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Um, it's, it's an extended Jaws, uh, open quotes, parody, close quotes. Oh, it's fucking... Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. She's like... Uh, she basically... She stops in the middle of like a, a sentence. She's they're talking very casually and then she's like, I have to play tennis and swim all the time to keep this incredibly hot and tight body. Uh, I have swum lengths to the moon and back in that pool. Won't you come with a dip with me, Brantley? And she just kind of grabs him and drags him to the pool, right? Yeah. He's in his underwear. He does like a little shitty dive in. She then jumps in wearing like the most like kind of, you know, middle-aged women's swimming gear. Yep. Like, you know, the swim cap and like the kind of oh, full, full one piece. What did she put? Oh, she got curly hair. Yeah. Yeah, she's curly hair. Yeah. Uh, perm, presumably. Yeah, I yeah, know, yeah. but still like you don't want to be. No, there. I just mean, is it? I, I don't know things about hair. I just assume it's a perm. I don't, I don't know. My sister's a hairdresser. She'll listen to this, so she'll shout at me if I got it wrong. <laughs> uh, she's probably seen it because it's, it's one of four VHS tapes my dad had in the, in the house when we were growing up. Um, so <laughs> uh, he dives. She dives in after him, and then you just sort of subtly hear the Jaws music come in. It's a sort of. It's not the real. It's not the real John Williams. It's like a shitty version. Yeah, yeah. Oh, just when I thought it was safe to go back in the water. Well, you sure this is a good idea? It's okay, I know the owner. <laughs> Last one out of the... 
And um, she sort of swims after him and takes his trousers off. I mean, I did notice because I, I was looking for it. <laughs> He's wearing one of those like nude coloured yeah, pants. I didn't notice it was that quite well. disappointing. Uh, <laughs> well, you want to see Hog. If you're going to see exactly. <laughs> you're gonna go that far, you want to see Hog. Um, and yeah, and then it just cuts to like, you know, the kind of dun 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 dun. Yep. And then it's like the horror, all of our clothes are on like a thing and they're both in the pool house wearing. I feel like pants. that. So by today's standards, that's obviously like deeply inappropriate. I feel like that was like pretty dark then. Yes. Yeah. I think I, I don't think it was ever played as dark. I think it was always played as like, oh, like boys are always up for it actually, even when they say no. When a when a boy says no, he means yes. Yeah. When he says yes, he means twice. Him not wanting to was him just being like, Oh, it's an executive's wife. Yeah. It wasn't I not attracted to her. So it's I'm not, not attracted and I'm not bad. horny and I it's not that I don't want it. It's that I want it. But I think it's I think it's made clear that he wanted it. It's yeah. more the fact that it's like the professional implications of what it. Was it? Uh, I, mean, like the, I assume that the, the antenna coming up is his erection. I guess, but like, I, I mean, I don't want to get into the sexual psychology. <laughs> I feel like we've thought about this more than the. Let's like, make this a full hour long debate over whether or not Michael J. Fox consented to having sex. Did he consent? Well. But he he had a woman empowered, like, trying to turn him on, and it worked, but yeah. that doesn't mean that he wanted it. It means like. She has, she has influence over him. Yeah. 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 So he got aroused by it, but that still doesn't By mean modern he standards, there would be like. 400 think pieces on this. Yes. And there'll be a bunch of articles. I'm ready to write, like... <laughs> <laughs> Is Shakur my success problematic? I look back at the famous film <laughs> that no one's ever fucking seen. But everyone, Steven. Michael J. Fox is now cancelled. <laughs> Did you feel sorry Don't for him? Don't be shaking his fist yeah, Sorry, 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 sorry. I'll cut oh, out. Dear. Oh, great. <laughs> That's a big one. Um, no, so the big grand reveal at this point is that she is married to his uncle and is therefore his aunt. So we have introduced, in a Michael J. Fox movie, an incest subplot. Yeah. Which is a pretty standard staple. I mean, it's, it's only technical incest. It's technical incest in the sense that she is not a blood relative. Yeah, she's not so a blood relative. it's totally fine. But I, I feel like if you have to say, it's only technical incest. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even so... <laughs> Yeah, it's not right, is it? It's only legal no. incest. <laughs> also, there was a point where, like, uh, she's he says, "I'm gonna give my, I'm gonna make sure my before she reveals who she is." Mm-hmm. She says something like, "I'm gonna make sure my husband gives you a leg up in the company," and he goes something like, "I think we've we've done the, well enough ourselves," which is one of those like terrible lines in the movie. But you pointed out that his, his voice sort of cracks in the start, yeah, almost as if he was crying. Yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> which would you know maybe, um, and then he sort of goes, "No." I'm going to make it to the top on my own. Yeah, though he says this when he has just got the job because his uncle works. Yeah, I know. Like, yeah. you didn't do it by yourself. He he is every... At no point. Yeah. yeah, he's every dick that writes a think piece about how you can just <laughs> well, start your own business. Well, it gets much worse. If we're going to go by those by that logic, um, by the end of the movie, yeah, it's much worse than that. Oh, no, I have I mean, not I guess taken it, the it does sort of well. do something, I guess, to kind of 
earn what he gets to, but not really. Not really. What he does is interesting and cool, and like I think I would applaud it if a friend did it. Like, <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Um, like, but it's not. It's not as if like it would make more sense. I mean, in, in today, like okay, so like you know, you know, the other movie I was going to make you guys watch if I had the choice. I thought this would be more fun, right? But What Women Want was my other pick, and yeah. they've remade that now with What Men Want. Oh really? Yes, they've done it. But it, it's a. It's like a. I don't. Right, I'm going to put this in quotes. I'm going to get cancelled for this. It's a black movie. Like, it's one of those movies where, like, the cast is predominantly African-American and, like, the whole thing is written with that audience in mind. Yeah, isn't that okay to say? No, of course. But I, yeah. I just mean, like, it, it, the way it's all... Yeah, I mean, like, because there is literally a movie called, like, Black Nativity. Yeah. <laughs> and a friend of, when a friend of uh, my wife, who used to work in the cinema, they were giving it all the posters... And people were taking like all the best ones. They were like, yeah. oh, I want, I want like, you know, this is back in like fucking 2008 or whatever. But, you know, I want this movie and this movie. I want the X-Men and I want Spider-Man, you know, Sam Raimi shit or whatever. And this guy was like, I'm taking Black Nativity home. <laughs> so he just had like an A2 Black Nativity poster. Nice. <laughs> anyway, sorry. So it's that kind of film. And I remember, and we never actually saw it. We need to check it out. <laughs> but it's, it's meant Watch to be... Watch a good film. It's meant God. to be an inverse of this, of the What We Want thing, which is a sort okay. of incredibly misogynist thing where he kind of learns how to empathise with women and be an actual human being. Um, and I feel like if you were to do this movie again nowadays, yeah. it would be uh, somebody who... You know, they remove the affirmative action joke. Yeah. And it would be someone who was from any other background but a white guy. It'd be like an African-American woman. Yeah. She'd be blagging her way into the boardroom because she wasn't getting the opportunities. Yeah. Like, he's not getting them because he's young and he's from Kansas or some shit. Yeah, he's a But there's no adversity there. It's like he's white. He's a white dude and like everyone in the boardroom is a white fucking dude as well. So and that's that's also how he infiltrates so easily. Exactly. Yeah. He just walks right in there. <laughs> they look the same. Like, so his trick, I mean, if we want to skip into that bit, is basically to dress up as one of them. Yeah. And he doesn't have to do anything to seem like one of them more than just put on some clothes no if, despite the fact he's like 24 years old yeah and like the, the um, and they're all like you know 40 the, the, one of the best bits is um, when he when he figures it out is that you were getting quite annoyed by it because you, you keep thinking that the soundtrack isn't correct but I would argue that the soundtrack is one of the key players in the film is one of the key characters in the film I think you're wrong but okay I well you're I'm not and the, <laughs> <laughs> he walks he's, he's doing his mailroom shit as he always does right and then he sort of walks into a big corner office and he has a look over out of Manhattan and he has this moment, and it has this, and it has this like incredibly awful cheesy music, which again I will put under this. And it is this sort of like um, I, I got to do this somehow. And then the phone rings for some reason. He picks it up and he makes a deal. He makes a Donald J. Trump deal. Mm-hmm. He, he has the art of the making the deal, and he makes a deal somehow. He, he, he says like, you tell that trucking company to go fuck themselves, and he puts the phone down. And he's like, I just did some business, and he like gets a business hard on. And he's like, I've come, I've come up with a plan. So the next day. As Stephen said, he comes in and he's wearing a suit. And there's a mustachioed guy, which we all noticed, who then became like the background player in every scene from the yeah, movie. He was that in every fucking I have ne- scene. I've seen this movie like 15 times, I've never noticed that guy until yeah. I watched it. But there was some mustachioed motherfucker, bald with a huge Mario mustache. And he literally was in every scene after we noticed him. Anyway, he's an exec as well. So uh, he's now one of the suits. He's made it to a certain mm-hmm. upper echelon of the company but by blagging his way in. Um, and he decides to pick somebody's. He picks a random office and just decides his name is Carl. I think. No, he doesn't pick a random office. He knows that guy's been fired, so that office is empty. That's right. Yeah, he knows. He knows everything because he's in the mailroom. It's set up that the mailroom knows everything first, which makes sense because I mean that's how you'd correspond in the eighties. Yeah. Um, again, nowadays you'd have to have like an IT department <laughs> and have like some like crusty nerd decide yeah. to become like. Oh fuck. <laughs> some like MIT uh, like. I'd love that. African American woman. 
uh, has to, you know, she, she, they're like, oh, you know, I'm like a computer genius. I'm also like a business whiz or whatever. And then she's like, you're like, oh, no, you're too black and too womany for here. You have to go there and work in the IT. I should be department. really into the analytics. Yeah, because that's and, and, her, and, her, and her friend would be like a gross fat like Pokemon yeah. guy or some bullshit. Like you'd be like a World of Warcraft motherfucker. And Do you know what? I might take a career change. Because... Let's write. Let's write this movie. Let's write yeah. the Secret of My Success remake for the modern day. Yeah. What What, what do you replace the shagging the executive's wife with for them? Oh God, how, yeah. How do you replace the incest? Actually, <laughs> how, actually, how do you replace the incest? Actually, the incest, um, everyone's clean. fine with incest. I don't know if you've been keeping up with Game of Thrones, but everyone's fine with incest. Now. Actually, yeah. My it's friend just has just fine. started Game of Thrones, and she was like. She was like, what was with one thing? And I was like, oh, you'll get used to it. And then she's like, oh my God, puppies. I was like, you won't get, don't get attached to them. And then she's like, guys, fucking a sister. I was like, oh yeah, that happens. Like, and she's yeah. like, how are you so cool about this? And I was like, oh, I guess. It, it just been, gets it's worse. Been, it's been eight seasons of this shit. Yeah, <laughs> like, pretty much. I, like, I think like, it's the same with this movie. You're sort of beaten down. And it, t- towards the end where it's like, <laughs> literally the end, she's like, you know, I was attracted to Brantley at first. And you're, everyone's like, just cool with it. Yeah, and she's like, like, oh. like, there's just a whole boardroom full of people. There's another another character in the movie who we've not even introduced to yet. There's a sort of threat overhangs the entire movie, this subplot, which never, was addressed regularly, that when he's at the executive level, everyone's trying to figure out how to stop a hostile takeover from happening. Um, by this guy called Don something and in the very last scene he's there and like he just walks in and she's like yeah I'll be fucking my nephew and you're, you're just <laughs> and nobody reacts they're just like yeah cool that's fine alright well what's happening here and then there's a whole other thing <laughs> I'll be fucking um, my nephew but uh, anyway anyway moving on <laughs> Yeah, and she's accused of it by like her, her the uncle so the uncle knew and was like yeah. yeah actually at one point he actually asks he more or less asks his nephew to fuck his wife yeah, yeah more or less keep I mean, her entertained yeah keep her yeah, entertained yeah. which pretty much sounds like fuck my wife uh, in the context of the movie, because pretty much any single interaction between a man and woman in this movie turns into some sort of weird sex thing. It would not pass the Bechdel test. Oh, hell no. <laughs> There's two female... <laughs> sorry, three, four. There's the, the secretary. secretary, who's pretty great, and she just keeps seeing him naked. He kept taking his shirt off. And then there's she- uh, Sheila, the waitress, yes. who I made a note of because I never noticed her previously, but she's awesome. And what she is, basically, is every single person now. It's, yeah. it's like 50% of the world now trying which is like I happiness. believe in positive energy and I'm trying to be an actress and it's basically every Instagrammer yeah. <laughs> essentially she's like a proto-Instagrammer I'm a waitress but I'm not very good at it I don't have a good memory she's really good anyway you should try to be more positive <laughs> uh, she, no I'm, I'm doing like a really positive but she, her voice was literally like you should be more positive yeah. I've got the menus <laughs> like, yeah. so- if, if that were being Cassidy it'd be um, Alana from Broad City playing that part. Oh my god! See the curly yes. hair, dark hair girl. Yeah, yeah. Yes. What do you mean? Yeah. They're both dark hair. Okay, okay. We're gonna cast this then. Well, Zac Efron obviously would be. No, because we're we're, nah. we're black women, aren't we? Uh, Zoe Saldana because she's in everything. Zoe Saldana's good. Who's she? Uh, she's the. She was the Green Gamora yeah. in Marvel films. Yep. Gamora in Marvel films. <laughs> in Marvel, etc. <laughs> she is in Marvel, etc. Now she's been yeah. in like yeah. what, a million of them now. Uh, and she was um, Uhuru in the Star Trek remake. Yeah, I know who she is. My notes, uh, my notes are like uh, Jaws. I didn't take what? any notes. Oh, I'm trying to get anything to note. Incest, uh, solve problems, pretend to be a suit, sassy prince. Yeah, so then he, uh, his, his uncle's there. The first day he's trying to pretend to be a suit. He's mm. in all the Carlton about field shit. That's his like, suit name. He demands a secretary and he gets everything working because he is able to fabricate memos in the mailroom. So he's just sort of play, living this double life. So it's basically, like I said, every episode of a sitcom um, where like one guy's dating two women. I'm taking Becky and Cindy to the prom. Oh no! And he's got to like, keep both of them hanging. Yeah. So it's basically got a double life bullshit. Standard sort of sitcom plot. But to avoid his uncle, who obviously knows he's his nephew and he's sweeping in the mailroom, 
he uh, bursts into an office and that happens to be shoulder pads Princess oh, yeah. Diana yeah um, who uh, they have like kind of heated exchange uh, he sort of leans on her cathedral to monitor which I like like in a kind of lame way <laughs> I don't like kind of like hey baby like I quite like that um, and there's just a sort of pointless exchange between the two of them yeah, so she sort of ices him out a little bit because she's like, actually, I'm extremely professional. Yes. Yeah. And, and I'm being polite with you for now, but it's, this this is not going to stay for very long and I'm going to start being a dick to you. I guess that scene kind of humanised her a bit as well because yeah. all you saw before Because before that, she was just like an idol that he fantasised about. Yeah. yeah. There was, was, a, there was a, um, as well a line that he was like, oh, this is in the men's room as like a joke. And he was just doing that to break the ice because he'd like burst into her yeah. office on the grounds. And she was like, well, I'm the only female executive. So like she took offence to that. No, she was actually, I thought she did too well, much humour. She yeah. was like, yeah, she was well, like, I didn't like the urinals, so I got rid of them. Yeah. And it was, and, but then she did go down the offence. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then she, he leaves the office and he just sort of has this like, you really swept her off. I'm such a goof. And like hits himself in the head with his own briefcase. <laughs> in the midst of like kind of sorting his life out, his, his executive life. Um, he goes through all, you know, through a bunch of departments, and he says like, "Oh, you know, this person, this 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 suit needs a secretary. He's raging. Uh, this this guy needs a thing for his door." And he like, uh, some random woman. He's like, "Chop chop smile" or something like that. Oh like, yeah, like, misogyny. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he tells some random woman to smile. Gene, uh, the secretary. Yeah, mo- more montage. Like th- this movie is mostly montages. Mm-hmm. There is a lot of montage. Like. Yeah. yeah, I like montages. But again, it lets the, it lets the soundtrack do shit. Yeah, that's why I like montages. It also uh, means they don't have to write any dialogue, and clearly they were struggling. (laughs) They were fucking struggling big time. Yes. Well, is that the start of the Walking on Sunshine montage, or is that later on? Uh, I think when he finally gets in the rhythm of being uh, Carl Whitfield, we have a big Walking on Sunshine montage. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Where he's sort of like, yeah, check me out, I'm fucking made it, I'm I'm up here in the office, and I'm I'm an executive. I'm doing business. I'm I'm doing doing business. business. I'm fucking business, bitch. Generic, meaningless business. Well, he actually gets to go to a meeting, uh, and that's when they discover they're having to do cuts as as a result of this hostile takeover. They want to to bring the stock price back up. And uh, that's when we meet the sort of loveless gay marriage. Oh, yeah. Uh, they're, They're sort of bit characters, but... It's uh, I've got I wrote their names down because again who on earth remembers characters names in these fucking movies? No, I've lost it. Great. Doesn't matter. The guy's bald and there's another guy and they just keep making jabs at each other. They're really they really bicker. They like really fucking hate each other. So do they do really need to fuck it up? There's a there's a scene in that as well where they all realise they might lose their jobs as a result of this hostile takeover stuff and one of the guys says I'm too old and no one in their right mind would hire me. Oh yeah. <laughs> and also prior to that he was told that you know how old are you, Brantley? And he goes, oh, I'm 25 or 24. You go, I think you should keep your mouth shut until you're 25. Yeah. <laughs> so there's some just blatant ageism going on, which I did not appreciate. No. Um, Though I, I was having a conversation about someone earlier on, and I said he has been, he's only 20, I think he is actually 24 as well. He's 24 and he's been in marketing for 18 months, and he suddenly thinks he's the shit. Um, he needs to calm it as well. So I'm very ageist too, and extremely cancelled. But that, that's, that, that kind of explains the... Like so, obviously Brantley is like this kind of business with Dokeen, and he has figured all this shit out, and he actually does. He's got. He's trying to save the business. He's but really, that's the thing that never, that never makes any sense. There's I know, never any. What I'm trying to say is his. that the nor- the normal person who thinks they are that kind of person is an asshole. Yeah. But Brantley's so lovable because he's Michael J. Fox. But if, and if because he, he's lonely. True, but <laughs> stop making this about how lonely he is. It's but true. The, the reason that he figures all this stuff out is because he wants to impress people because he's lonely. Yeah. And if he impresses them, they'll be. No, his but he friend. wants to be on top as well. Because then he'll have lonely, more friends. I guess. Well, no, the top is lonely too. He doesn't know that yet. He's only twenty four. He'll know when he's twenty five. But I'm saying, if you met any random twenty four year old who was like, "I'm a business entrepreneur, genius, magic man," yeah, they'd be a cunt. 
yeah, oh, yeah. and that's what he is essentially. But he's that he's that in the eighties. He's that before it was a thing you could be because online you can be like, I'm an entrepreneur, and no one goes, shut the fuck up. Exactly. <laughs> but back then, if you say it, they're like, what the fuck's an entrepreneur? There's no such thing as an entrepreneur. Yeah, I mean, he's an, he's very ambitious, is the point, I guess. But yeah, there's loads of stupid shit in this where they say like only the strong survive and. You know, all the sort of business cliches. Yeah, it's stupid fucking It's cliches. funny that, like, office work is, like... I suppose if you're doing finance and stuff, there's a hell of a lot of risk. But office work is, like, about the least risky work you can yeah. possibly do. They point out that nothing gets done in the office. Like, the, 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 the New York, uh, um, you know, mailroom guy. Yeah. He's like, nobody knows what the fuck they're doing here. Yeah. Nobody knows what this is or what's going on. We but, all just sit in these offices and get paid. But even the stuff about, like, only the strong so, survive, like, you are in the most risk-free environment. Yes, like, yes, big time. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're not, like, a fucking nurse or doctor. Yeah. Or, but that's actually, to me, sounded kind of like a, a bit of a, a cutting, uh, you know, what do you call it? Like, they, they actually had an idea there where, like, all these people don't really know what they're doing. I'm making a face. And that's kind of <laughs> like, that's as close as they get to actually having yeah. having something to say about it. Yeah. The, yeah, the, the New York guy is the closest they get to being like I mean he has a philosophy in the sense that he's like don't become a suit yeah because at one point he's shouting at him he's like um, he figures out that he's faking it because there's this whole fucking pointless chase scene with his boss and he goes uh, in the mailroom uh, you know you know, best worst case scenario you get fired best case scenario you become a suit yeah. So his whole thing is like, just don't become one of them, which I kind of like, <laughs> and that's why he's one of my favorite characters. That's where I thought the film was going, like because he'll learn. He'll learn that he shouldn't have had to do that. Yeah, yeah. I thought so at the beginning where he's saying like, this job is pointless and th- these systems don't work, and why do you have to go through all yeah, this? Why would I want to be successful in this? Yeah, I thought he was yeah. going to be like, you know what? Fuck this! I'm going to open a bagel shop. Yeah, but I'm no, gonna, I'm going to fuck Princess Diana and I'm going to chill the fuck yeah, out. Yeah, but no, yeah. he was like, no, I want to be a business bullshitter too. Yeah, totally. He's like, I, no, I want to be a suit. And then actually he makes that guy a suit. But that guy's wearing like a pure like silk suit by the end. Yeah. And I love that. And he ends up shagging Vera. Or the, the He's horn, a horny suit though. Yeah, so, so okay. Mega They're all horny suits. Remember, he walks into a storeroom <laughs> and there's just people shagging in it. He's and he goes, only- you're from receiving. It's like, what an awful joke. He's the only one that has horny vibes about him though. Everyone else is like actual like the straightest sex possible. Yeah, well, okay. So po- the point of this is the next scene is... Um, the CEO, whatever the uncle guy, is revealed that he's shagging Princess Diana, mm-hmm. but only to the audience. Like only to the audience. Nobody else knows. So we we know uh, yeah we know the audience that Vera is Vera is Michael J. Fox's aunt and his uncle is the CEO of the company and the mm-hmm. CEO is fucking Christine. He fu- uh, Princess Diana and he fancies Princess Diana. So there's this love square, yeah, going on. Yeah, where we've got two young people that love each other and a married couple, and each independent member of the married couple is fucking the young couple. Yeah. Opposite genders. Yeah. So, uh, this is this is so this this then kind of shoots in the foot any sort of like I don't know credit the movie would have got with her being a female executive. Yeah, pretty much. Because she's fucked her way up there. I mean, there's a lot of like noise towards oh she's she went to Harvard and she's. It's like, a shame as well because she's a yeah, finance person. She is actually like sincerely impressive. Like she did go to Harvard and she does have important things to say and she is quite witty as they well. They do their she best good, to make so. her come across as a witty, competent person. Like when yeah. when she speaks back to Michael J. Fox, yeah, it's clear that she, they're trying to get across the fact that she's she's not an idiot. Yeah, yes. she's a sassy she's woman. Not just a, she's not just a like. You know, women shagging her way to the top with no talent. Yeah, she's do she's use like I think we're supposed to think she's using that to get in the door and get the advantages that she needs. She's to- doing the same thing Michael J is doing, except she's with old. her vagina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that that's also when we start to get how like Michael J Fox is actually like doing this, where he's going between floors 
and then turning the elevator or like fucking the elevator up. I, I, like any other elevators don't work like that. No. Like if you press a, if you press an alarm, yeah, there's no pause. If you press an alarm in an elevator, then you're stuck in that elevator. I, I think it doesn't stop it. It doesn't stop it, yeah. I think it just yeah. rings the bell. Somehow he magically stops an elevator with a button yeah. and then turns it back on again. Maybe and he gets changed in it. And he, this is how he goes from the... He does the mailroom thing in like 15 minutes when he, it should take him two hours. Basically, Stephen has a kink for elevators. elevators Wait, okay. I made Sarah watch Smoking Aces, which is a terrible action film. Um, and again, it has a fucking brilliant soundtrack. <laughs> It does. It's good. It's Henry. It's, is it Henry? No. Oh, what's his name? It's the guy who did Requiem for a Dream. It's that cunt. Uh, yeah. I and guess. He, he did Filth as well. It's hard. Yeah, I love Filth. It's good. It's hard for me to say anything nice about that film other okay. than I'm glad it, it ended. It doesn't matter that, that that film's not very good, but it's mostly elevators. So when, when we're introduced to this. Inconsistent elevators. Inconsistent elevators. One takes like, you know, five minutes to get to the top floor and one takes like literally half the film. But <laughs> yeah. The point is, I see Sarah's annoyed at me for liking films full of elevators, and this is where we get this introduction to more elevator shit. Yeah. Um, and this happens pretty regularly. It actually becomes like how the fucking movie ends. It's a thing, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah how yeah, they yeah. tie up one of the kind of like loose ends. Um, well, it's a fairly big loose end, and they just quickly <laughs> tie it up while it's off screen. Yeah, the in argument the as they walk into the elevator, and then next time the elevator doors open, they're really happy, and I'm clearly not being shagging, but like. Getting there. Yeah, yeah. Getting there almost, very close. Yeah. yeah. They're trying, so the gist of this is that Carlton Whitfield, i.e., you know, what's his name, Michael J., he's trying to save the company by not doing the cuts that would be, that, that has been requested. Mm-hmm. So the CEO guy, the uncle, he's like, let's do the cuts so we can bring our share price up. He's like, let's not do the cuts because it will create panic in the market. People will sell our shares, we'll get taken over. Um, and he comes up with this whole plan about how to expand and it's very risky and boo hoo hoo. And then there's this whole back and forth where he has to convince Princess Diana that it's worth doing. And then they end up going out to dinner, which is where they meet the Sheila woman. But that's kind of where they fall in love, kind mm. of. It's very creepy, actually. It's not Princess Diana, just to be clear. It's what? It's not it's, Princess it's, Diana. She, she might as well be Princess Diana. Apparently, she's the woman who played the Supergirl in the Supergirl movie. But she, she, looks, she looks, sounds, <laughs> and is Princess Diana, basically. Uh, in my mind, she's Princess Diana. Yeah, we cool. thought it would end with her driving through a tunnel, but it didn't. That is very uh, problematic, obviously. <laughs> uh, th- there's a period where, so once they kind of get together, and then they end up on a boat, which is, that's not explained. Two boats, actually. They're on like a oh, big yeah. fancy boat. Oh, yeah. They go on like a wee day out, right, on a Saturday. They go to like a big fancy boat, and then they go to like a wee shitty boat. Yeah. And then they're doing this like fucking like hour-long Eskimo kiss. Oh, yeah. And they're just like fucking kiss already. And right. they're talking I guess about business. Was, like, he couldn't really lean too far forward because he was standing on a box. He was wearing high heels. He was like stumbling in them. Yeah, no, he is a good like maybe half a foot shorter than her, and yeah. sometimes it looks like a lot more. Does it? The, the, one of those kissing scenes. There's a point where me and Stephen actually shouted, "Just fucking kiss!" It was that one. It's the Eskimo kiss one. Oh my god! So they're just sitting there and they're just like her nose rubbing, and then he like is very mature and he's like, "Actually, while we're working on this project together, let's not get together." And she's like, "Oh, how interesting." <laughs> How much, like, how much I, I love how mu- much you respect me and also how um, very, yeah. how much you respect the work we're doing together the good work we're doing and then yeah. not five seconds later he's fuck. he's <laughs> fucking well not fucking but he's kissing her on a boat uh, and a, a, diff- a completely different boat it's like she can only get wet on boats or some shit <laughs> so then they go home or in lifts then there's a lot of like that kind of like weird like upper body cuddling thing where they're just sort of rubbing each other and the covers are covering all the action yeah it's like but they're side PG, by side, PG they're not on top sex. of each other. It's yeah, PG, PG sex, sex, basically. And um, 
that happens in the bed and then that's she's all like you know bright and happy so she goes into the office the next day and she's going to dump the uncle and obviously Bradley has no idea that he's been she's been fucking his uncle so there's a bunch of like overlapping lies I think yeah. it takes stock at this point is that the uncle has no idea that the nephew's Michael J's fucking the aunt uh the uncle has no idea that the Michael uncle has no idea that his affair is fucking Michael J as well. So Michael J is fucking both of the women in his life, and he is trying. He's pretend. He then pretends to uh, Princess Diana that he's leaving his wife to get sympathy because mm-hmm. she tries to dump him because she's in love with Michael J. Yeah, and she sort of goes along with it and then continues doing his scheming shit. Uh, in the midst of all this as well, she's trying to get. Sorry, he's trying to get hard to spy on Carlton Whitfield. He, he, sorry, he doesn't know who Carlton Whitfield is. That's the other thing. The CEO yeah. guy, oh, uncle, God. does not know that his nephew is pretending to be an executive who's trying to save the company. Do you know but what? He thinks, he thinks he's a spy yeah. for the guys in the hostile takeover shit. So yeah. it's fucking pointless. <laughs> the whole thing is just tedious. If, if people just had like a, a, a sensible conversation, none of it would ever happen. No. Yeah. Like, like they could, she could leave her job. Easily, never have to see him again, and and he could leave that job. Like everything, this company means everything to everyone in this universe. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, there's no, so, no other companies or conglomerates exist. And if you have like senior executive experience, a massive conglomerate, and you've done all this shit, and it's about to go under, you might as well fucking bolt. But think like, people would be jumping ship in this. So to, to rewind to the beginning, when so he doesn't, he loses his job that he's just arrived for in the beginning, which he got an experience of what has to take over as a light. Yeah, so, but anyway, he, he lost that job. He, mm-hmm. he didn't even get to start. He went for one job interview, got told he didn't have enough experience. Went for another job interview, got told he had too much. I'm assuming that was based on a bunch of embellishments to his yeah, CV. Yeah, he fabricated his entire CV. Yeah. So why doesn't he just do a less shit fabrication of his CV and get another job? He could have gone for a higher-up job if his fabrication was that convincing. Yes. Yeah. Go for a higher-up job and then not even have to do the thing where you're faking being an executive. Yeah. You're just in an executive position that you've blagged your way into. Yeah. Because clearly you're competent enough to do that and you can pass as an executive and you're so, to so a room full enough. of people. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, so, the, I mean, this is all building up to, like, one of the worst scenes in the whole movie. I mean, the... For some reason, the uncle decides let's have a big because it's, because this hostile takeover might happen. We have to have like a kind of like weekend away. Oh yeah. With all the executives. With all the important people involved at the company, which includes a bunch of people who we've never seen before, who come in later. But they're they're just sort of random. You just have to take take their word for it that they're like important business business people, businessy you know financy business business business. And uh, they all show up at they all show up at the fancy house. Um, Everyone. And then Vera's there, obviously. And this is a bit... Before that, actually, um, Vera and... Vera tries to rape Michael J again, basically. The, the, the horny horny MILF. Yeah. She has him on his front, and she's clambered on top of him. And she has You were like, she's definitely down. pegging him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in my mind, she was pegging him. Yeah. yeah. And then there's this whole, like, you know, the uncle walks in, and she's like, oh, he fell over. I didn't realise he oh was my God, nephew. Man. How could you not have told me the nephew's this working for the company? fucking film, Stephen. There's so many shit parts. I know, I know. Most of it's shit parts. So that's yeah. meant to be ha-ha funny, but it's just like uncomfortable funny. Yeah. Not even funny, it's just uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. And then, yeah, so then, okay, so he's now figured out, okay, Vera's taking a shine to Brantley, um, so I'm going to ask Brantley to babysit her for the weekend while I try and fuck my mistress, who will be coming to this party too because she's an executive. That's yeah. basically the gist of it. Yeah. So he and and like the, 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 the sub the subtext is fuck my wife for me. Yeah, it's like I don't care that she's your aunt, just 
Fuck, fuck my wife. Fuck my wife, please. Keep my wife entertained. Uh, I'm actually very open uh, about all this stuff. I'm very, I'm very liberated sexually. I don't get jealous because I hate her. So please, <laughs> fuck my wife. And yeah, like, and Michael J. I guess agrees to it. Do you, you, should, you should cut that Jossie note and put it on like Pornhub as like hot mum fucks yeah. stepson, oh, oh. fucks nephew or whatever. Gross. <laughs> That's like 99.9% of porn now, man. Yeah, I know. Um, so this all comes to this comes to the head. So they're all Vera then. So Carl Whitfield's obviously supposed to be coming to the exec meetup because he's an exec, but then mm-hmm. that also gives Brantley the opportunity to go because Brantley's Brantley. So he's he's meant to be babysitting the aunt. So the aunt decides to then show him off and basically introduce him to everyone in business. Mm-hmm. She also makes a little note, uh, comment about how she basically got the uncle the his key to the executive washroom or some shit. She's yeah. the reason he's the CEO effectively. And that's paid off later, I guess. So they do set some stuff up. Yeah. I think it's confidently written, um, to some extent. Yeah, sure, yeah. Yeah. And so, plus, it ends, it, well, sorry, yeah. Oh, yeah, go on, go on. Well, I was just going to say it ends with a with women succeeding, so it's very woke. That's true, actually, yeah. yeah. What did we say? Well, there was something in this where we said there was like the 1980s version of woke. Or it's like, you're ugly and I'd still fuck you. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, she's like 40. He's like, I'd still fuck you. It's like, but she's just like gorgeous, wealthy woman. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah over the, you know. But that is the 80s but that's, version that's of Walker. But that's the 80s version of Walker. I'd like, still I, fuck you, don't I still have someone 20 years older than me. Like, <laughs> I yeah. guess the waitress was also sort of vaguely woke as well. <laughs> yeah, with her positive energy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Um, Yeah, so I think that's the the, the, the scene where he asks his, his nephew to fuck his wife. His aunt. The nephew's aunt. He's like, you like to sweat, don't you, Bradley? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, ooh. yeah. That's it's not gonna leave my head very soon. It yeah. The whole film is very like. I feel like at the time it was maybe funny, and there was a lot where like all three of us were like, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't know whether to laugh or like sort of back at the room slowly. Yeah. yeah just like oh. We did, there was one bit we laughed at though. I remember because when when there's a, another montage where. The, the aunt's showing him off, so she's sending him around everywhere. And obviously, he's she's introducing him as Carlton Whitfield, mm-hmm. even though he's Brantley or whatever. And that that's given him all this like inroads to do deals, business deals. And there's like a guy with a dog, like a really fat guy with a dog, and like the dog tries to bite his hand off, and we're like, oh, the dog can smell the incest. Oh yeah, the dog's going for his hand because he can smell the incest on him. Uh, <laughs> and, then, and then later on, he's got the dog, and it's like this whole thing about how this kid's just so fucking charismatic and smart that he just wins everybody over. Um, so yeah then we have like probably even longer somehow than the car sex metaphor scene they have this kind of casually missing each other scooby-doo ass it's like a comedy of errors comedy of errors corridor scene where we go back to uh, like so I mean like we said we were watching it Ferris Bueller did it once this movie did it twice This this, this means this movie's twice as good as Ferris Bueller by getting the lights to that song and using it twice at completely inappropriate moments. Perfect like, I think in Ferris Bueller, it's like a chase, isn't it? I can't even remember. I'm pretty sure in Ferris Bueller. It is. it is. At the very end, he's trying to get home and not get found out that he took the day off. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, pl- plays that music, goes through the whole thing, and it's like a really intricate little scene where he's missing people, and it's yeah. very nicely done. And then this is the two, just two, a bunch of people trying to fuck each other. So the love square are all missing each other. So, but, but don't forget that they throw a variable into the square with that, like, horny yeah, exec. Yeah, the, 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 one in the Loveless Game Marriage decides that because a woman came into his room, he's going to just grab her. And it's yeah. very weird. It's not right. And he, he sort of slams the door in his hand without even realising that he was, like, an inch from her fucking head. Yeah, it's very not okay. Like, yeah. And then he sort of just hangs out the door watching them all trying to fuck each other. No, he goes out and follows. He goes no, he just, hangs, he, he, uh, he just hangs by his own door. and he, I think it's meant to be, like, we want, we want a shot of, like, 
the whole staircase and seeing them all missing each other. Yeah. They want it to be from his perspective. Right. So I think it's just justifying having this shot of how them... Again, I think that's meant to be funny. and It's It's absolutely not. None of it is. Well, I mean, I guess it was funny in the 80s for two men to be in a bed together. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) You know. But they did play with that implication. They played with it, yeah, yeah. As the sexual revolution is over, everyone get out of bed. He was so close to fucking him. Yeah, he was. (laughs) He's like, marry me. (laughs) <laughs> so yeah the point is they all miss each other in the corridor the love, the, the love square all leave so uh, Princess Diana's trying to get to Brantley's room Brantley's trying to get to Princess Diana's room the the uh, CEO guy uncle guy's trying to get to uh, Princess Diana's room as well to fuck her and then the aunt's trying to get to Brantley's room so everyone's like blah, 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 crossing over but mo- the majority of people are trying to get to Princess Diana's room and then no sorry suppose two people trying to get to Brantley two people trying to get to Princess Diana so it evens out so both men are going for the Diana and both women are going for Brantley mm-hmm. and uh Basically, um, Michael J. Fox then realizes that she's been spying on him the whole time uh, on request of yeah. Uncle Guy. But as he's carting, it's so fucking complicated. It's quite, it's actually quite easy to follow, but now I'm trying to fucking explain it. There's so many layers. To I this know, there's so many layers. Yeah. Anyway, Maybe it's a good film. <laughs> oh, four stars, five, five stars. Uh, no, so yes, he finds out he's been spying on him. So everyone finds out everything at once. Uh, you know, the uncle comes into the bed and tries to hit on Christy, but it's actually Michael J. Fox. And he's mm-hmm. like, you know, marry me, marry me, I love you, and all this shit. Uh, and then uh, Christy comes in and somehow misses the fact that her bed has two people in it goes into the bathroom and then the aunt bursts in and then Christy bursts out the door or Princess Anna rather bursts out the door and then both the men are in bed together right which I guess was haha really laughably funny when you were in 80s so um, this is when everyone finds out so Vera I guess everyone realises that Brandy's been fucking Vera but I mean the uncle pretty much asked him to so no one gives a fuck about that Mm -hmm. Um, Princess Anna finds out that He's not Carlton Whitfield, he's Brantley, the nephew. Uh, Brantley finds out the uncle's fucking Christy slash Princess Diana. So everyone finds out everything at once, and that's the whole fucking thing done. Yeah. It all led to Aunt's Aunt's Chikawika, whatever the fuck, in a, in a beach house or whatever, pool house. Yeah. Um, yeah. So pretty anticlimactic, really. Yeah. The thing is, like at that scene, like they all just start calling um, Princess Diana a bimbo, like over and over again. Yeah, Everyone's yeah. like bimbo, bimbo, bimbo. So it's this, like, is, this is the bimbo you've been fucking in the office, yeah. Well, and he's like, he's raging that she spied on him because you were like, he's got no justification to call her a bimbo because he was in love with her five minutes ago. Yeah, but the thing is, but he she's been spying on him. The, yeah, the that's whole not day. the actions of a bimbo. That's the actions of of, of a, a ruthless yeah. Uh, woman. Yeah. yeah. Well, the funny thing is, like. Okay, they both wronged each other because most of the time when you get these kind of movies, like if you go for like she's all that or whatever, it's like they made the bet, then he falls in love, and then, she, then he realizes that she finds that out, and then she's raging that he has to be like, oh, you know, actually, I realize you're really a person and I love you. The standard trope, that's reversed here. Yeah, where she betrays him, he's lying about his whole life. To be fair, I mean that's something he's yeah. doing that's bad. But she betrays him, and then he gets raging at her for basically betraying him. Mm-hmm. Even though I guess he betrayed her too, they were both lying for the exact same reasons to get ahead in yeah. their business. In a business run by a fucking idiot. Maybe that's the conversation they have in the lift on the like, <laughs> yeah. they don't see. They're like, oh, Do you realize we're both doing the same shit? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's fuck. Cool. Yeah. Oh, that's business for you. Yeah. So then it becomes like a whole thing. They're both getting fired. They're both clearing their desks out, and they both are in the elevator together. And that's where we get the payoff of the elevator thing, I guess, where the thing gets stuck and then it opens, and then yeah, they're there and they're like making out or whatever. But that's a, that's a, I guess we should mention that they go from just arguing relentlessly as they get into the into the elevator, the doors close. There's some stuff about the elevator being stuck, and then it opens, and we don't see any of the conversation that changes them from no. oh, the f- being in an argument to making out. They just the they just went. We need to have a happy ending on this film. Yeah. Well, I love the idea. Like, they didn't do this in the eighties, right? But you know how nowadays they, they focus their stuff to death. 
Yes. Like, I love the idea of, like, if this was focus tested, maybe it actually ended with them just being like, fuck this, and leaving, and then him going back to Kansas, and that's the end of the movie. And then they were like, no, we've got to, like, have a really happy Let's movie. reshoot this. We should <laughs> reshoot this. <laughs> Let's reshoot where they, like, make out in the elevator, and then, yeah. And then somehow, out of fucking nowhere, the movie fabricates an ending, essentially, where he goes back up to his office with Christy, and oh, they're the holding ga- hands now. And they're holding hands, and the mailroom guy's there, and v- no, Vera's not there. Mailroom guy and the secretary, Lassie, that's yep. it. Who didn't get much to do, to be honest. Um, and they all decide, like, I've got a plan, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And he somehow ropes in the finance guys, like the guy with the dog he met at the party, to finance him buying 5% of the stock in the company. Well, I guess did. they were so convinced by his speeches and arguments yeah, at the party. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Well, he bought 5% of the company that were trying to take over the company. So not even the one he's in, but 5% of the company that's trying to do a hostile takeover of the one he's in. Which somehow enables him to take over both companies so, with the help of the horny aunt. So I guess the horny yeah. aunt had a large... She had... She was the... So it turned out she was the daughter of the founder. And that's how the, the husband got that job, basically. So he was I, there for nepotism reasons, too. So basically, anyone that fucks that chick ends up as a CEO of a company. Yeah. So that's pretty yeah. sweet. And all you need to do is be like, you're hot even though you're 40, and she'll fuck you. So yeah. it's really easy to become a CEO. Uh, I don't think I could do it, though. I'd be like... <laughs> you're, really, you're really hot? <laughs> Uh, for, close a, your eyes. for a lady, oh god! <laughs> yeah, Just like imagine weird. her like curly, gross hair is like chest yeah. there, Just rubbing my hands through it. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, that's the end. Basically, it sucks. It's like she. It makes no sense at all. I mean, they don't explain it that well. No, but it's satisfying in a weird way, I guess, just because like the mailroom guy gets a piece and. Well, they just sort of play the music and tie it all up, and everyone looks happy, and <laughs> and the the two like. Well, no, you should point out the the final song they end with. It, it literally the lyrics are some ga- sometimes the good guys finish first. That's true, yeah. And it's yeah. like, in what way is he a good guy? Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing, he's not morally like good. He's not, nothing in this movie suggests. There's he's, like, nobody a good, good in this film. There's no. nobody. Absolutely nobody. Also, if you finish fast, you're probably not a good guy. <laughs> but also, like, um, well, Vera didn't seem like he finished. The mailroom guy, yeah. the cool mailroom guy, is the closest we have to a good guy in terms of. I mean, he's not that good. He's like intellectually conservative about about the suits. But he, I like, uh, that, I like that he's like fuck the suits, and he's just sort of like I'm on my level, but not on a like. He's like I don't want to be them, man. Like not on a kind of like. Uh, we're better than them, we just like they're they're like taking over their corporate man. Like, it's, yeah. it's not like they're the man, man. Shit. What I mean is, he's just the, like he's not great, but he's the closest we have to like a good character. So maybe the song's about him. Yes, he gets to be the thing yeah. is, he becomes a suit, he, he becomes a suit, he becomes an exec, and he gets to fuck Vera. Yeah, yeah. so he wins the most. So he's the one who actually he goes wins. to a mailroom guy who didn't grasp his pal up. That's all he did do, is didn't grasp he did his pal nothing, up. he made no effort. He and did and no then work. he's an exec who's fucking Vera. Yep. Who's apparently like one of the most gorgeous women ever in the So 80s. you know he's having like kinky as fuck sex. He's now rich as fuck. Yeah. He's and, living in that fucking house. And he didn't have to do anything. He didn't have yeah. to do shit. And then, then Princess Diana's wearing like the big ball gown he saw her in the fantasy. Oh yeah. Which I, I never noticed until this time. I was like, oh geez, that's a bit weird. Well, it's Like did he go out and find the dress he saw in his mind's like, eye? We've got to find the perfect, it's a specific perfect dress. dress for you. Maybe it was his mum's like wedding dress. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well he was like very blunt with his mum where he's like, I want to fuck a girl, mum. Yeah. And then he finds a woman who has like short blonde hair like his mom, and then he like That yeah. would tie in as well to what the actual secret of success is, which is Nepotism. In- no, sorry, incest. incest. Incest, sorry, incest. Yeah. Sorry. I go confused. Nepotism yes. is the real secret nepotism of success. Nepotism is how you get in it, yeah. real life. In the film it's incest. It's incest. But I mean that's a form of nepotism when you look at it. True. It'll True. turn out that like the mailroom guy is her long lost actual biological son. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> if only. That would be the perfect uh, ending. I, I, I still unambiguously love this movie. I don't know why. I have no idea why. Well, you, people just have those things, yep. right? Yeah. Those things that, like, you know in your heart are not the best. They're, yes. not, they're not perfect. They're not even particularly great or even good. But you still just... You still have that special place for them. Yeah, I, I've been thinking that I kind of want to put Stephen through a film that I love but know is garbage, but I actually don't think I could handle anyone ripping it to shreds. So. Yeah. Oh, it would have been really... Okay, what film is it? I'm not telling you. Oh, okay, well, that's, that's coming up again at some point then. Yeah, no, well, it's, it's not to do with anything like this, but like, I feel like any of the shit films that I love, I, I love on such a... like level that I, I cannot take any criticism of them oh no I need people to see these and hate and not hate them but like this like find them as weird as I do yeah um, because I don't know why they've like they've infected me in a weird way where like they, they, they it's like it's like when you hear a song and it gets stuck in your head yeah. like there's just bits of it that come back to me at weird moments and to be honest speaking of songs the soundtrack's fucking amazing it's it pretty good. bangs, man. Go, look, go on YouTube and just search for a Secret of My Success soundtrack. The thing is, I, I started typing The Secret of My... And the, and the first, third. Yeah. No, the not even the third. The second thing. The first one was... So, like, the first autocomplete was The Secret of My Success. The second one was The Secret of My Success soundtrack. So you're not alone... Of course it was. ...in thinking it's good. It's fucking incredible. I might listen to it while I work because it seems like the kind of thing that will keep you sort of... It's, yeah. it's, high, it's kind of synthy. I mean, I like some really stupid, like, kind of 1980s, like, um, you know, they're, they're, like, sampling themselves off of, like, John Carpenter movies and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Mm. And that. But they're all very dystopian, whereas this is, like, the most positive, like... I mean, apart from, like, the sort of really cheesy piano saxophone shit. Yeah. Where it's, like, people fucking or whatever. Um, the actual kind of, like, just get, you know, go get him attitude shit. Yeah. It's all sort of just, like, synthy high kind of, you know, tempo stuff. But then we've all learned how to do business. Yeah. We're much better at business now. That's why I wanted to show you. It's a masterclass so, in how to do business and how you do business. You need to find someone that That's I'm related to in my it's office. It's by fucking your relatives. Fucking yeah. your close relatives. Do you can fuck like your partner's relatives or does it need to be your relatives? Well, it, she, he wasn't related to the women. He Presumably was, it's yeah. your non-blood related relatives that happen to be incredibly okay. wealthy or the children of founders of large conglomerates. Okay, so, I will take this going forward. Yeah, it's important. It's going to make her successful. Yeah. It's the secret of, of her success. And that's when we'll we'll just um, delete this podcast entirely because... It'll be success your job. <laughs> success your job <laughs> by fucking your aunt. <laughs> I just had like an image of us doing a very sincere business podcast. Like, yeah. You're listening to Success Your Job. <laughs> well, conveniently, we are going on this oh, brief hiatus, hopefully brief. But I, I um, not me personally, but my wife's having a baby and I'm involved. <laughs> me personally. Unfortunately, I'm involved. So um, we're going to have to take it easy for a while. So we'll hopefully be back later in the year. But we should just come back as success. <laughs> success Your Job and just yeah. just every single episode. Or just is about quit your success. Around. Quit your success. Quit your success. I'll come back like like further on in my freelancing and I'll be like I've started coaching classes <laughs> I've mean, fucked everyone my close relatives I'm still poor what the fuck is going on <laughs> <laughs> you taught me nothing movie that's a great movie you need to watch it if you ever get a chance if you're ever uh, it's a lazy Sunday afternoon ITV2 it'll probably be on to yeah. be honest <laughs> I don't think you need to even like download it or find it I just typed in Secret of My Success watch online I didn't fucking buy this shit I'm not going to ever buy it. I watched it on VHS twice when I was 10, and I've now watched it about 15 times since I've, I've been older. And it's, yeah. um, it's taught me a lot about um, 
how not to make a movie. I like how uh, a lot of your initiation processes are like, so this this thing's fucking torture. You should experience this too. I, I, yeah, well, this is the thing. It's that, all about shared trauma. Yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah I, I think like, yeah, dedicating like, well, we just spent about an hour and 45 minutes watching that an hour, from an beginning hour. to end. So that is a dedication, whereas... An hour, an hour and a half discussing it. An hour and a half discussing it. Maybe we should, maybe that would be a nice little thing to close us off for hiatus. It's just like, I'll, read, I'll do a reading of the Loudon blog. The, oh, blog, yeah, that, the blog that we find so endearing i love it so much so and do it's, i it's i funny genuinely that, yeah it's funny that people <sighs> think like because you were like i'm gonna stop doing it after this and i was like please don't ever stop introducing well we had we people. had we, yeah we have a, it's a sort of initiation uh, a small group of people we have who are all kind of like-minded in this industry where we're all kind of like you know how, you know how do you feel about working in this industry and stuff mm-hmm. um i mean you don't have to ask that but just you get the impression people if they have, if they have a certain attitude about it whether it's just you know they're here to enjoy what they enjoy it as much as they can and make money off of it but not they're not some sort of like entrepreneur sort of yeah you know fucking quite whatever. pragmatic yeah um but this 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 article for in my opinion is an excellent benchmark for if you <laughs> uh, if you find any part of this credible or interesting or um <laughs> Uh, the actual base, like the the the, the reasons for writing it, or, or the fact that it exists, makes sense to you in any way. We were not going to be friends. Yeah, <laughs> but I think that's a very small pool of people. <laughs> it's such a sincerely great blog. But any time it comes back up, I read through it again. I, I think the only so people who who would take it seriously are probably already members of BNI anyway. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're probably not going to speak to them. No, definitely not. Cool. All right. Well, just to close us out for a little hiatus, I'm going to I'm going to do a reading of the Loudon logo blog, and then yeah, we must say bye as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bye. Bye. See you later. Bye. What secret magic says is great. Don't. <laughs>